0: Hi, I'm Jake Tucker and I'm the games editor at Trusted Reviews, so that's exciting. And welcome to Patch Notes, our almost daily, almost fifteen minutes roundup of all of the things games. I'm joined today with ever present co-host. Hello, Phil
1: Kelly. And also guy saying hello. Hello, Phil Kelly.
2: Well hello there, Phil <laughs> Kelly. We
1: have two Phil's in today. Yes. I'm Jordan King, games writer for Trusted Reviews. Phil King. Phil King. Esteemed second Phil. Jordan Kelly. <laughs> um that got weird quickly
0: (laughs) yeah i just i'm not really sure who i'm talking to anymore so i'm going to talk to the audience we have a cracking show for you today folks make sure to like and subscribe Mm -mm. um we've gotten slate let's talk about epic suing some youtubers and what that means I, I think you should talk. Everyone's I don't, looking at me. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, Everyone's is,
2: looking at me. You wrote the story. I, I did write your, the story. This is your thing. And I, just, I was I'll, hoping
0: for like some confirmation from someone. I felt a little bit needy, but everyone was just looking at me like I just... Uh, here, here,
2: I'll set you up. Uh, Epic are shutting down and filing a lawsuit against some kids, ultimately. kids who were offering cheat software and and hacks and breaks and stuff like that for fortnite but being very au fait about publicizing the services they were offering they were
0: showing just youtube videos that were like hey here's us using aimbot to yeah. troll some noobs and here's a link to our website where you can get it were now. they selling the stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay yeah, that's, that's, the, that's actually the story um like if they were just youtubers being pricks to people using cheats they would get banned mm-hmm. but the big issue here right. is that they are selling making a profit
1: out of right like give us a quick yeah, fix cool. big...
0: so i mean i guess the biggest deal for me um so it might seem a bit irrational that they're suing some youtubers but you need to look at it not that a big company are suing some youtubers for peddling for showing cheats off on youtube ultimately what they're actually doing is you've got to look at Fortnite like a free-to-play game right free-to-play games run on whales, and so the whole thing is that if you are someone that will never spend any money with Fortnite, ever, Mm -hmm. your experience in that game, your whole purpose is to make the shooting experience fun enough for the whales who will spend money on cosmetics and jewels and all the other, like, currencies. Um, And so what Fortnite really needs is for no one to cheat because, much like a casino, if you think it's rigged, you're going to stop playing Mm -hmm. and you won't spend money on it. Yeah. So really what Epic are doing is they are cracking down on cheats and they are doing it in the most visible way possible to make the biggest possible example.
1: Like, we don't mess around. If you cheat and do this, we will take action. Yeah,
0: and I actually think in this case, being litigious is going to work out for them. I mean, it's a bit of a Hydra thing. As soon as you take out one of these cheaters, someone else is going to set up a website. But,
2: yeah, I, I think also... It, it, an element is possibly not just to, to get that balance right with whales and non-whales in Fortnite because I don't feel that maybe Fortnite has a big of a whale culture as like mobile games does. Oh, not at all. Because but it's you've got still like important. the sliding scale of like a lot of preteens and teenagers who are just buying cool pop culture things to stick on their their player in Fortnite or their avatar, but it also helps legitimize Fortnite because obviously they see a world where it's an e-sport and they see invitationals and competitions and they'll probably try and open it up to you know regional competitions that you can go from zero to hero if you get a place so to then have this very public hey you're you're selling a thing that is breaking our game and going against our game is going to help that as well as that balance between wales and free to play people
0: yeah, I mean, I think, actually, when it comes to Fortnite, it isn't so much of a whales and free-to-play. I think it's more like everyone is a smaller ocean mammal. So everyone's yeah. dolphins. So we're all just dolphins. And they want to make sure that all of the dolphins are having a good time. So if uh, one dolphin can auto-aim... Yep. All, all these dolphins the dolphin have don't battle passes. Be there. Yeah, well, that's the thing, is is the battle
1: pass is what they want you to that's buy. That small, yeah. I think it's like an £8 pound investment. And yeah. They get... If they get as many players getting those as possible, that's what they want. Exactly.
0: And to do that, they need people to keep yeah. playing. And if there is a culture of cheating, like this hit PUBG really hard, and I yeah. think it's comparable, is in PUBG there was a big cheating problem, and then PUBG's player numbers genuinely dipped as people were like, you know what, screw this, I'm going to play a game where I don't fight for 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, I need to get a headshot from across. Yeah.
2: I, I dropped out of Fortnite pre-Battle Pass because I felt like it wasn't a fun experience anymore. And I... I gave myself enough time to get over the wall of, like, maybe I'm not good. But for every, you know, five games, I felt like in two or three of those games on average, something weird had happened. Yeah, and We've talked about this before. The reason I really like Rainbow Six Siege is because I can learn from my mistake. We should play more Siege. It's been yeah. a while. It's been a while. <laughs> but, like, I can see where that person was and I can see where that shot came from and I can... Ad- and ad- ad- how that ad- ad- happened. Ad- yeah. Whereas there'd be times in Fortnite where someone's dropping down from somewhere and then has like changed their weapon mid pickaxe and managed to headshot me, you know, and like there are players that are that good, but there was too many of that scenario pre battle pass for me. And I kind of just got turned off by it a bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit businessy for our usual fare but I actually think it's kind of important because this is setting out the stall for how we're going to have mm. free to play games monetized in the future yeah. and what you can and can't do and I think that's interesting because obviously when you had Grand Theft Auto back in the day if you wanted like pedestrians Rampage or all cars drive silly or all weapons it was your right to cheat and yeah. get that and mm-hmm. I think that's how a lot of gamers still feel it's my right to make the game play how I want but at this stage it's serious business for these companies and I think they're going to start stamping down on it for sure so what else we got Hitman. Oh, Hitman. I'm actually excited Two. about this. I mean, I've been excited about Hitman since they released the first game. And then when they said they were releasing the second game. And then I played the second game. And that was exciting as well. I'm doing my to excited voice, aren't I? Can you tell us
2: about the things that you couldn't tell us about before?
0: Yeah, I can, because the embargo oh, this came in. the ghost yeah. mode. So, yes.
2: two things around Hitman 2. Firstly, being that they've dropped a pretty cool trailer that shows the man, the legend, the myth, Sean Bean. Sheffield's favoured son. As our elusive target, number one. Um... Quickly tell us about what an elusive target is in Hitman for those who don't know. And then tell us about the Hitman 2 things that you couldn't tell us about last week. Which I've
0: not written about on the site and may not write about for the site. So this is a podcast exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Sean Bean is going to be in the game as an elusive target. The way that elusive targets work is you have... It used to be 48 hours when the first game launched, but they realized that that doesn't work for anyone. You know, you go away for a weekend and you miss it. Yeah. And it's gone forever. Um, now you have 10 days oh, to okay. uh, do over Sean Bean. And he's playing as Mark Faber, not Sean Bean, just, just for the record. Yeah. although that'd be interesting. Um, so there's a one, there was a Gary Busey one in season one that was actually just Gary Busey. <laughs> he just killed Gary Busey. Um, and he just was v- voicing himself and being a nane and wandering around in Italy. But in this, he's actually playing what seems like another assassin based on the trailer.
2: Yeah. But there's definitely woven in. Sean being references of Sean previous yeah. Sean being characters. Yeah, being, I mean he's called the Undying.
1: Yeah, he's a former MI5 agent, I think. Oh, just like Turned in Ronin, assassin. I'm just well, kidding. In Ronin, he may not be any of that. Is stuff. that the Keanu Reeves movie? No, no, he is in a movie called Ronin 47. I've got I think. that's 47. I've Ronin. got a okay.
0: I was calling I'm making us. a podcast face. Yeah, well, is...
2: we're both making a podcast face. Ronin is an underrated thriller. Slash, but everyone chase is something different. It's just a car chase seen. movie
0: with Jean and uh, De Niro in it, but it is so and much it's got more like
2: that. a really good MacGuffin driving the whole thing. No, no pun intended. Okay. Uh, you should check it out. It's a pretty good. Movie. I will.
0: Sean Bean's in it. Sean Bean's in it, and what colors the boathouse at uh,
2: He plays an IRA operative, and yeah, we've died, we've we've gone off on a Sean Bean tangent. Yes, so Sean Bean. If Sean you Bean, want to kill him yourself. Is going to be in Hitman 2 in a game. for 10 days uh, on November
0: 20th. So how does that line up with the release date of Hitman 2? Um, so that's going to be like seven days after it comes out. Ooh, Sean Bean will be there. So you've got a bit of time to kind of get bed in. Yet. And if you kill him, you will have an item. And the item could be either some headphones, a pen explosive, or a toy robot. The community of voting at the moment, it's neck and neck, right? It's literally 33% for all of them. In game item by the it should be stated. Yes, you don't win a prize. Right, in game item, oh, okay. and they actually will do stuff in game, so that's nice. Yeah, um, so that's
2: that. And I assume a heap load of like experience points or stuff like that. It's not just mastery a mastery points, mastery level, probably, but right. it's,
0: it's, quite co- it's quite convoluted the way that works, okay. and so. It depends on how you kill him, I yeah. imagine, and there'll be some other challenges. And But I mean, these are free. The Elusive Targets are free updates that they roll out. Yes, it's just a nice little perk, and yeah. that's usually really good. Um, so towards the tail end of Season 1, the Elusive Targets stopped being this man is walking around and started being really fun and interesting. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were a few tricks. Tell us about Ghost Mode in Hitman 2. There are... Two, two Agent Forty Sevens, Agent Forty Seven, and the ghostly otherworld clone mm. Agent Forty Seven from the parallel universe, and he's played by another character. Right, and you are both chasing the same target. Mm-hmm. When you um, say played by another character, you mean another player. So I mean it's it's a another split Screen deal? No, no, completely no, online, completely online. Okay, okay, and that works because they are two separate game worlds. So the beauty of this is that you're playing a hitman mission against someone else, but if you balls it up and fire a submachine gun in the public place mm-hmm. it will mess up your world it won't mess up their world mm-hmm. um, and there's only a couple of items that actually interact in both so you can get ghost coins um, which will attract guards in both worlds so if you're like if you see your buddy is like dragging a body or dragging someone unconscious out of the way you can lob a coin and a guard will go and look so mm-hmm. that's where i i will see
2: you doing your playthrough all you of the can mission. see is my ghost. Right. At all times I will be, so I could literally follow you and try and yeah. do exactly what and you're doing. And in fact
0: sometimes you're running down corridors right. and the two of you will be sprinting down this corridor towards. Right. Right. And it'll just look like when you did
2: like a really good lap time in Colin McRae and you race the ghost car version of yourself yeah pretty much um
0: but, but the then idea we is can we can screw each other over if we throw down the ghost coins and that was and there'll be guards. some other ghost items but they've not really said what okay. they are yet i um i think at launch we'll see some interesting yeah. stuff um the main interesting idea of it is that it's first to five kills and there are targets that change right and you need to kill those targets without being noticed
2: so it's not about time it's about getting those kills yeah however as
0: soon as you make the kill the other person has 20 seconds to equalize
2: oh. or the target
0: is gone. So if you are both there, 20 seconds both garroting someone, yeah. well, that's it. In Hitman, 20 seconds is a blink. Yeah. Um. But what you can do if you see someone is setting up like a really elaborate kill and you know that there's no way that you could do that in time. You can deliberately just stroll out into a crowd, execute him, which starts the 20 seconds, even though you won't get the point and it balls up their perfect plan.
1: Right. So these are bespoke missions and not the campaign?
0: Um, they are in the campaign, but and I wouldn't even say they were bespoke. They're randomly generated targets that, oh, the okay, same okay. that appear in different areas and have their own patrol routes. I think I'm hoping that there is some smarts to these patrol routes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I really don't want it to be, and I've not played enough to justify either way, I really don't want it to be that there are like 10... Ten targets. So, and so once you've played yeah. for an hour, you actually know everyone's routes. Yeah, you can start just planning your kills in advance. But it's really interesting. Um, when you die, you respawn, but you respawn in the same outfit, and it doesn't change anything. So if you went down shooting as a security guard, if they if those guards see you again after you respawn, they'll be like, "That's the guy we shot," and they will again it's shoot. It's a ghost. You. <laughs> um, cool. Like it's it doesn't make sense, but it is good fun. Well, it's playing on the mechanics that they've got.
2: And they're elevating it. They didn't I, want a team deathmatch, right? Yeah. It's, and they don't want a battle royale. Like, <laughs> 50 Hitmen drop into an island. Like, that's the slowest battle royale game in the world. But I think it goes up. Play, play the so. hell out of it. It's really... It, it is getting me super excited more and more for Hitman 2. Um, I'm going to
0: Hitman 2 on the PS4, so you should get it.
2: Yeah. I think it's a studio that I've been through a lot. And I think I've really... I hope this gets all the attention that it deserves.
0: Uh, but it's not episodic this time. So exactly. I think it will land. Yeah. Oh,
2: great. Uh, in other news... Tell
0: us Phil's exciting thing of the day. It's I'm
2: not. Mo- it's on the site, so it's everyone's exciting thing of the day. Uh, Analog, the company of uh, geniuses behind the uh, sort of SNES emulation console, as in it's emulating the hardware to a modern standard and you can play old cartridges with the on it 1080p with 1080p yeah. output and you if you own the game you collect the games cartridges you can do what you want with this device um have announced that they are taking pre-orders for a sega mega drive genesis version whoa yay am i the only person who cares i'm any? actually
0: excited but i was just trying to think about where i would get a copy of jurassic park on the mega drive you could hunt something down I'm sure.
2: So uh, they're calling it the Mega SG. It will come in four flavors. One I'm not really sure about. Uh, It's just going to be in white, but the other three are region locked. So you'll get the USA version, the Japanese version, and the Euro version, which obviously is going to make cartridge buying then something you have to think about a little bit
1: more. Yeah.
2: But I'm excited for it. I think the trend that we're seeing now of the like mini retro machines bundled with 15 games is hit and miss and i think if they if they inevitably do one of them for the mega drive they'll probably struggle to get the right balance of games on there so yeah this for $189.99 kind of solves that problem, then you can go out and get the cartridges and you can pick and choose
0: what it's you want to play. It's going get very pricey very quickly. It right.
2: will get pricey really quickly because obviously games like Jurassic Park are
0: kind of collectors. Yeah, all the games that I want from the Mega Drive honestly are licensed tie ins that probably no one has the rights for anymore. Exactly. So like the Spider-Man beat-em-ups, um, there's also the Venom Maximum Carnage one is quite exciting. Yeah. All um, of the Disney platformers, if you're into that type of thing. A couple of X-Men games are quite good. Um, yeah. Castle of Illusion is my Disney platformer of choice, the yeah. Mickey Mouse one. Um, Jurassic Park, Robocop versus Terminator. Class, ah, such a good game. Like like all of my big Mega Drive games, yeah. pretty much all of them are licensed. Yeah, um, There's a couple of ones I like, like Afterburner, I'm oddly fond of, and The Streets of Rage. I like Golden Axe, but I think it's probably bad now.
2: No, it's not. I played it a couple of years ago. And Actually, I finished Golden, Golden Axe with friends. Is the way to do it. Um, and look, all of these are available on that Mega Drive's classic bundle yes. that you can get on both PC and PlayStation. Is the best Mega Drive game. But this is, this is for collectors, this is for yes. people who are interested in being able to maybe reuse an old collection or start a collection of actual physical cartridges. If you
0: already have a physical cartridge collection, it strikes me that this is now what you want to play them on. Yeah. You know, you put your put your Mega Drive back in the box yeah. and put your cartridges in this instead, because 1080p HDMI output. And they've clearly
2: had success with doing the Snares version, which they call the Super NT, um, because otherwise you wouldn't do... Another, another console one. would yeah. you so like you can buy the super nt now same retail price as that one uh it comes in the famico colors it comes in the
0: european snes colors we might have one to talk about soon i'm probably uh, we're, we're trying to get a super nintendo well a super nt in at the moment just because it'd yeah. be interesting
2: so i have noticed that as we talk about this the two old people in the room got really excited what say you <laughs> child young cherub <laughs> The... Is this something that you're like, yeah, I can get those games in other places, so no big thing, or what do you make of this?
1: Uh, because the PlayStation was my first console, like, growing up, Yeah, I don't have, like, the nostalgia and stuff for the Mega Drive games, Yeah, so I've only played, like, all the popular ones via, like, emulation and stuff like that, but this probably isn't something I'd pick up. Yeah. I got the SNES and NES Mini purely because it was a fad at the time, like, I bought them, and played every game once for five minutes and put the box away mm. but i guess for the price of this i probably won't pick it up but i can definitely see why if you're a hardcore collector of this stuff it's just the most convenient thing to. i have. mean i don't
0: see me buying it honestly like yeah. i like i would i bought all of the other minis i will get the playstation mini as said my snes mini um developed a fearsome games collection at random somehow
2: oh yeah i no! know yeah um was it just
0: like did it have a crack
2: in it or something? Like one was day I turned it on and, and uh, it was just cracked. It, like, yeah, yeah, it just
0: had all of the SNES games on it, and that, that was good for me because oops. <laughs> just for like just yeah, yeah. For like the Mega Drive, a lot of the best SNES games are licensed, yeah. and that's it. Is like the Mega Drive and SNES were the golden age for licensed beat 'em ups that were quite decent, yeah, but not really amazing because everyone wanted a piece of that pie. <laughs> like, oh yeah, there's so many amazing Batman games on the SNES that are all basically the same Batman punching guys. But but they were
1: all real good.
0: And they look lush. Yeah, yeah and, and it's a weird interesting sort of that in the way. years since the six Batman SNES games we got that were all about punching, we have only had three punchy Batman games that have been good. Batman yeah. Begins was okay. It wasn't Begins good. Was it was okay. very poor. It was a stealth game. Um, so let's wrap this up. Um, what is your favorite Mega Drive game? Altered Beast. <laughs> no, stop it. D,
2: um, do you remember Decap Attack? Yes. Where you had a head and you could throw it, I think. Little eye coming out of your body. Yeah. yeah. That that one where you were a mummy. Uh or Cool Spot.
0: Oh, Cool Spot. Ah. See, licensed game. There you go. No one's ever gonna republish a bloody seven up platforming game nope. where you play as the, the spot. It's coming back. It's coming um, back in a big way. How
1: about you, John? Uh I quite like Comic Zone. or oh, I've got a soft spot for Golden Axe, mainly because it's just still like a fun co op brawler kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's um, got one of my favourite soundtracks. I like Streets of Rage, but I
0: think in keeping with my style, I really like RoboCop vs. Terminator or E-SWAT. I don't remember E-SWAT. swat was a little game where you were a man and you were like a policeman. Yeah. And if you survive the first two levels, which are punishingly hard, you become basically RoboCop. Nice. Um, but to get all of them and like a health bar and stuff, you have to survive two really brutal levels where you're just a regular policeman trying to fight for a warehouse. Demolition Man was also good on Mega Drive. All licensed games is what I'm saying. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. Yes, Good goodbye. goodbye. There we go. Fair goodbye. Well.
1: Farewell. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs>